0: Hi, and welcome to the Dr. Coffee podcast, your weekly blend of motivation, encouragement, education, and insight into all things medicine for junior doctors and medical students in South Africa. Welcome to episode 32. This week, we dive into the topic of locum work, freelancing as a medical professional in a practice that's not your own. This can be an extremely rewarding and profitable work option junior doctors after internship and community service years and it has the added benefit of giving the medical professional a measure of autonomy and freedom while you explore your interests and build your portfolio as such of course this makes it an important topic for junior doctors and medical students this episode of the podcast we are featuring locumbase.com the independent online booking and management platform connecting freelance medical professionals and practices. I first came across locum based on social media and was immediately intrigued by how they provide an interface between locums and private practices, which we'll hear about in this interview. I think they're an innovative and exciting option for junior doctors in South Africa, so I'm delighted to feature them on the Dr. Coffee podcast. It's important to note that they didn't pay for this exposure or for the opportunity to appear on the podcast, but rather I invited locum based on because I believe they have something of value to say to all junior doctors and a service that can change the way that locums work for the better. Also, before we go further in this episode, I'd like to briefly mention an event coming up this week. On Wednesday the 26th of April 2023, the Doctor Coffee podcast in collaboration with the Wits Physician Society will be hosting a special GEMP information event at Wits Medical School. If you weren't aware, GEMP is the WITS Medical School Graduate Entry Medicine Program, which to my knowledge remains the only four-year postgraduate medicine program in South Africa. I myself entered medical school into the GEMP program after I had already completed two bachelor's and one honours degree, and I'm so grateful for the opportunity this road has afforded me. In addition, back in 2018, I started what would become Ant for the WAPT, a pre-med mentoring group for students who wish to enter the GEMP program. It still exists today, so if you're interested in studying medicine, or you have a friend who is, then encourage them to check out Ant for the WET and the GEM program at WITS, both of which will be linked to in the show notes of this episode. So this Wednesday, I'll be hosting the live event at WITS Medical School, which will be recorded for episode 33 of the Dr. Coffee podcast. We'd love to see you there. But if you can't attend in person or are listening to this podcast after the event has occurred, be sure to check out next week's episode and share it with someone in your world who's trying to enter the GEMP medical program at the University of the Witwatersrand. I'd like to thank the Wits Physician Society for the invitation to speak at their event and for making the recording of it available to listeners of the Dr. Coffee podcast. If you would like to partner with the Dr. Coffee podcast, either by collaborating on an event for medical students or junior doctors, sponsoring a segment or an episode of the podcast, or purchasing advertising time, please get in touch with us via email or our new contact form available in the show notes of this episode and on our link tree. Now, back to this week's episode. We're excited to hear from the LocumBase team, so let's hand the mic back to my friend Knox, who'll introduce our guests this week.
1: LocumBase.com exists to empower medical professionals to own their skilled hours. How do they do this? LocumBase.com automates the Locum booking process by offering medical practices, hospitals, and clinics a pool of verified medical professionals across South Africa. Locum medical professionals get to sign up with LocumBase for free. They can set their own rates and create personal profiles, including their experiences, qualifications, as well as their preferred work location to ensure they get a job that's just right for them. Locumbase.com does not take any fees from locums when you work through the platform and medical practices can also sign up for free, but can also take out a monthly membership that entitles them to 50% discount on all facilitation fees for bookings made through locumbase.com platform. You can take a look at their website for more information at www.locumbase.com. You can also find links to their social media in the show notes of this episode. Chatting to us today about locumbase.com are our guests, Zuley Firin and Giovanna Harku. Zuley is the CEO and founder of Locumbase. After building and moving on from small entrepreneurial projects, her true commercial ventures began with Ovi Optics Pty Ltd., a business that distributes unbreakable children's sunglasses and promotes awareness of the importance of UVI protection for our kids. Her partner being a locum optometrist and her interaction with optometrists, pharmacists and GPs while building OV optics highlighted the need for a solution in the locum space. And so, Locum Base was born, the independent online booking and management platform connecting freelance medical professionals and practices. Zule has a special interest in human behavior and behavioral economics and obtained a degree in psychology at UNISA and a diploma in strategic business management at uct locumbase.com launched in the late 2017 and has been part of top tier programs with founders factory africa 2020 and grindstone 2021 walking away as the overall winner for the latter of 20 top scale-up companies Giovanna harku has 13 years of experience across fashion retail fmcg blue chip financial institutions digital banking automotive, and lifestyle brands, as well as wireless and fiber outlets. Giovanna heads up the marketing, partnerships, and communication for Locum Base as well as Locum Base Fates. Giovanna was awarded for her efforts on various marketing campaigns by the prestigious LORI Advertising Awards that operate across Africa and the Middle East. She has been with Locum Base for over two years, and helped grow their medical professional network to over 10,000 verified medical professionals across general medicine, nursing, and pharmacy professionals, as well as specialist medical segments.
0: Thank you for that awesome introduction, Knox. If you enjoyed her voice for a change, Knox will be back towards the end of this episode with our latest book review of our guest from episode 24, Professor Ryan Blumenthal's book, Autopsy, Life in the Trenches with a Forensic Pathologist in Africa. Stay tuned for that. And now, without any further ado, here is my interview with Suley Furin and Giovanna Harku. Welcome to the Dr. Coffee podcast, Giovanna Harku and Suley Furin Hey, Simon. Thanks for being here. It's uh, wonderful to share a coffee with you and find out more about locum base as well as locuming in general. So let's start there because normally we would ask our guests, where they start medical school and how they did internship. But I suppose for you, it's, uh, we should start with the question, what is locum work? I mean, a medical student is going to listen to this podcast and say, what on earth is a locum?
2: This is something we often have to explain to, to the layman. Uh, but a locum is a freelance medical professional. Locum work is almost piecework in the medical space. So whether you are a general practitioner, a specialist, an optometrist, uh, a nurse, uh, a podiatrist, any medical professional, when they work in a freelance basis, we call it locoming
0: Okay, fantastic. So what are some of the benefits that a locum doctor can, can experience?
3: Yeah, the benefit of doing locum work is that you get to choose your hours. So there is a flexibility around when you work and how much time you get to work. Mm you also get to experience different types of practices and how they work. So you grow your own client base, your own knowledge, practically by working many locum jobs at different practices and understanding how those practices deal with their clients and the influx and the way that they would want you to have bedside manner with their clients. So it's a, a really good way to find out how um, different practices work differently. Especially for young doctors,
2: When you've just qualified, you've done your internship, uh, and you may not want to start your own practice. You don't even know how to start your own practice. Mm -hmm. And if you then locum at other private practices, you learn from them if you are interested in opening your own practice in a year or two. So that's also, as Giovanna just said, you get that experience from working at different practices and seeing how different doctors do their thing.
0: I've never really thought of that aspect of locuming, that it's a way to build your experience and get exposure to different environments, as well as see good and bad, how to develop your own practice and what things you want to take into your own brand identity and your own specialty. It's also interesting that it's not just for general practice practitioner work. You know, it's also, like you said, certain specialties where you might be able to locum for somebody and, again, build your experience. So um, what are some of the downsides of locum work? We've spoken to some of the the benefits, but what are some of the downsides of locum work?
3: It needs to be driven by the medical professional. So in order to locum successfully, you need to be on top of your schedule, you need to manage your hours and be able to be available when locum work comes up. Mm -hmm. So that takes a bit of um, participation and dedication. It also requires you to to network um, so often there are instances where a locum may find themselves coming back for a potential permanent position for oh. example but that's because they've been repeatedly good and able to service the practice in a way that makes them think they'd be a good fit mm-hmm. so you know as much as it's a downside it's the life admin side actually um so that's what I would say is one of the yeah, the, the, the points of participation. The responsibility
2: of or being able them. to you know, manage yourself because yeah. you don't have a job, you don't have a boss, you're your, sure. you're your own boss. So the administrative management. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's then also why we created Locum base to help you with that administrative issues that no one likes. No one likes that. Yeah. One. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so just in summary, then locuming is freelance medical work that you can then tailor towards your availability. So that is one of the advantages and the strengths that helps you also to build experience build your portfolio so that is something that you can use then when you're applying for a registrar post you've got experience in this area or it gives you the opportunity to sample from various parts of medicine it gives you flexibility if you want to travel if you want to do other things and have a bit of a side hustle in medicine so we've spoken all of that but now let's come towards your actual company, LocumBase. So today we can you tell us a little bit about what LocumBase is and why you started this?
2: LocumBase.com is the software as a service platform that connects freelance medical workers. So not only doctors or, or GPs, but also uh, optometrists, pharmacists, uh, basically anybody that's registered with the HPCSA, the South African Pharmacy Council, or the Nursing Council.
0: Oh wow, so it's broad.
2: So it's broad. Anybody who's a, a medical worker, medical professional and who can legally practice, can join Locum Base and have an active profile. And now I, I started Locum Base a bunch of years ago because my, my partner was working as a locum optometrist and we had started another business and my, my work in that business was to go to different practices and discuss another product mm. uh, and practices were opt-on practices pharmacies and GPs. So I had quite a unique perspective of how My partner was experiencing her locum environment as a locum, and then speaking to these practices and hearing about their experience about locums they've Mm. used or when they need locums and how they're struggling with it. Sure. So it really started with a very basic sort of ugly PHP one pager where uh, opt-on practices could book my partner. Um, And then pharmacists saw it, some GPs saw it. And they said, well, we also know, Yeah, this, this looks like a useful thing. Mm. And then we realized we had something bigger than we originally thought. And that's when we started exploring more as to uh, how we can serve a broader medical community and not just optometry, because that's just where we happened to find ourselves mm. at the time because she was working as an optometrist. And now I would say our busier, our, our busiest segment is actually probably general practitioners, mm. pharmacy Yeah. So, it started as almost a labor of love, but it's grown into a machine that is made to distribute healthcare service. We live in a country where we don't have enough nurses, we don't have enough doctors, we do not have enough people to take care of our people. Mm. So we have to find clever ways to distribute healthcare, and that really is the kind of the base of local base. Uh, We. You know, we're on a mission. We're a group of solutionists that, that, that want to solve this big problem. Uh, and that's, you know, we can only use technology with that. Yeah. That's how you scale stuff without more people. 100%.
0: 100%. <laughs> and, and to use your term solutionist, you know, a product is there to deliver a solution to a problem. So what was the problem or the pain points that Locum Base was designed to address? I mean, obviously, it is, you touched on it now, but what are some of the other areas that Locum Base is there to solve?
2: We have to look at it in two separate ways. What are the problems that practices are suffering in hospitals and clinics? And what are the problems that the individual locums are, mm. are dealing mm. with? So if we look at the practices, a big thing for them is availability. They struggle to actually find people, especially if they have to do it themselves. Because
0: no one ha- necessarily has a list of locums on their call registry. You, know, what? you
2: have a post-it with a bunch of people and then you have to spend about two hours phoning everyone and checking, hey, are you available? And then they need to go. Let me check my schedule and then an email yeah, and a WhatsApp. And a, yeah. you know, so, in a, that very informal way, mm. it's actually quite dangerous because you, as a practice, could be getting someone's cousin's roommate's sister. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: And you actually don't know much. Or family.
0: you think that somebody's coming in on Tuesday and then you find out, oh, no, flip, I've double booked. I'm so okay. sorry. No.
2: Exactly. And that happens because yeah. it's not uh, centralized, it's not formalized, right? Sure. So, from their perspective, what is the next step? You go to an agency or a, or a labor broker, a placement. Mm firm. And that comes with cost. That comes with cost, and that comes with a lot of time wastage. And then you have to do all the admin yourself. You, yeah. you have to look at paperwork and timesheets and sign stuff. For the locums, it's really the same problem. The, the, the struggle to handle the administration to get locum work. So now you have to go out and go to every practice in your area and say, hey, I'm Zule, I can locum, mm. and then hope they get back to you. Mm. But then again, it's that back and forth. Can you locum? Let me check my schedule. I'll get back to you. Again, time wastage. With locums as well, many placement agencies, if you're on their books, they actually take some of your money as a locum on top of charging a practice. Yeah, sure. So at the end of the day, are you really earning your worth? So a big thing for us as locum based from the beginning has been we are for locums. Yeah. We are for locums. We want to support them to earn their worth in a flexible way. Because ultimately, if you feel valued and you feel worthy, you're going to bring your base to your work. And what we need is healthcare workers that aren't going to leave the country, mm. healthcare workers that are passionate about their jobs. And Lerken Base as a tool, we want to take out the, you know, the nitty-gritty, the stuff that's annoying about your work, Yeah. so that you can do the thing that you're passionate about. You're a, you're a medical professional. Do your medical things. We'll handle your admin.
0: Yeah. I love what you're saying about how there are some problems that are from the locum side and some are from the practice side you know a big pain point at the moment in this in this country is that once you finish the concert there's many people saying now nah. and they're just unemployed for a couple of months and they kind of like well i'm in this weird position where i'm i want a medical officer post in this hospital or this speciality that i want to go into but there's no opportunities there and what locuming does and what i'm sure locum base offers is the opportunity to go and get experience and to stay productive and mm-hmm. you know earn a, an, an income um, doing all of these different things until some of those opportunities open up and even maybe via locoming get an opportunity. Exactly. You know? So Javona, um, do you have anything to add about this at that point?
3: Yeah so I, I think that one of the benefits and the streamlined processes we've built into Locumbase is that we automatically verify the medical professionals and mm-hmm. they mentioned earlier so practices that use our software can be assured and reassured that those medical professionals are in good standing with their regulatory boards and it's a huge um, pain point for the practice side of our business because you don't know that if you're on whatsapp you don't know that if you're in a facebook group and that's where these transactions are taking place when booking a locum through these i call them gray channels because Mm -hmm. they're not verified Mm -hmm. um and LocumBase takes care of that admin similarly for the locum him or herself we ensure that you don't have to follow up on your invoice we ensure that you know you get paid in two periodic payment runs so you don't have to do this I've done the work now where's my money sure. quote unquote conversation that no one likes handling mm-hmm. whether you know it, it's not it's not a nice conversation and the other side to that is if you're not available the system, shows you're unavailable. So the decline to work if you're not available is not a one on one conversation. Which often is not practice... a negative
0: correct thing. Yeah.
3: Right? yeah. And it and often a practice can be offended by somebody turning sure. them down. Yeah. And and it's just because they are reacting yeah. to a circumstance that they find themselves in and they only want to service their patients. Yeah. But the reaction becomes personal. Sure. As to why you're not available. So we take that away as well.
2: Yeah. It's very interesting that we've seen if a locum says no, you know they can't in yeah. a in a face to face type or open phone call or whatsapp if yeah. they say no, they can't twice, then they don't get asked again yeah. sure and this is actually yeah, th- that was the catalyst for this yeah. was yeah. that Tanya was on the phone with somebody she wasn't available, yeah. and because this person was in a crisis, they took it out on her own
0: yeah,
2: I've heard this person shouted her over the phone yes. And I was like, no, 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 yeah, we need to fix this how oh. can we fix this yeah. because it becomes personal, but it shouldn't. Mm. That's why with this system, there's no, you don't have to say no to people.
0: And you're not saying, oh, I can't work because I want to take a week vacation. Okay. It just shows you it's unavailable. So somebody mm. can say, wow, this, this doctor is obviously so popular <laughs> yeah. that I just I just missed out on so getting there. You know? yeah. So it helps to build your credibility. I love that. So um, what are some of the challenges? This is obviously um, pioneering tech. It's, it's helping to service the industry. Have you encountered in uh, up to this point? It sounds like it's all wonderful and it's been smooth sailing, and you've built a thriving company. What have been some of the challenges?
2: Sure. How much time do we have? (laughs) I think one of the biggest challenges is that we are taking on an industry that has been doing things the same way for forty years. We are taking on placement agencies and labor brokers who's monopolized. The placement side in the medical space, mm. and then on the other side, the our our clients and our, our our target market in the medical space are sometimes quite slow to take on new technology. It's a difficult market to to educate. Sure. So those those two are are difficult because it's it's the education thing. Educating the market is is a hard thing, but we are doing something here yeah, that no one's done before in this country or and the way that we're doing it, it's very unique. You know, when we look at examples from the UK the US and Europe, no one's doing it the way that we're doing it in such a, such a really straightforward, simple way. But when you make things so simple sometimes, where people are used to having all these complex and complicated communication channels, it can seem very unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. So that's where the constant communication needs to come in, the constant Educating, Uh, so that that has been that has been a challenge, the people challenge. When it comes to the technology, we've we any any uh, coder or programmer or, or developer will tell you that you know code code changes our technology changes so quickly. So one of the challenges is for us to constantly stay up up to date with our technology and building it and. Uh, I mean, we went from basic PHP to more complex LARML systems, and now we're all our architectures on AWS, and it's these things that we've learned over time as to technology-wise, what works for our specific use case Mm -hmm. and what doesn't, and simplifying it as much as possible, which then gives us, as a result, a robust piece of technology that we can customize for anyone, and that's where we are now. But it was a challenge to get there to, especially for me as a non-technical founder, so I'm not a I'm not a coder. I mean, I can try really hard. I can teach myself some stuff, but I, you know, but I'm 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 not that way inclined. So for me, at the beginning, it was also the trust in the partners that we work with.
0: Yes, this is your mm-hmm. per- personal passion project. It's got deep meaning to you, and you know what you want, but you're trying to communicate to the people who have the tools to do it.
2: And also, I could be wrong. Yeah. what it, what what I know is that I, that I want. And that was also the thing, is really delving into the industry, talking to people, speaking to as many people as possible about what do you need? What is irritating you about the current ways of doing this? What do you want? Let's build this together. Yeah. And as Local has grown, and I mean, I, we went from me on a mission to a team of, what are we now, 12 people? 12. Yeah, that's great. So it's, it went from, sure, a personal passion project that I built a lot for one person to we are a machine. Together, we are a team of solutionists, and we've built this amazing machine that can not only serve the open marketplace of locums and practices, but that we're also customizing for hospital groups, uh, you know, chain groups of pharmacies and, awesome. and uh, optometrists. So technology was a challenge, uh, but we've got excellent tech team <laughs> that, that really helps that one.
0: So locum-based is for medical staffing as you mentioned of all sorts so you got your optometrist and also nursing and vets even um the doctors are not always as clever as people give us credit for you know uh, doctors are not just because you're a doctor doesn't mean you're necessarily an it, intelligent person um have there been any unique problems with doctors on the uptake or are doctors very well represented within your locum base uh yeah, within your local base, subscribers or customers?
3: So a doctor that owns a practice must not only be a doctor but also a business person. And that's why we define our audience in two segments because mm. you've got to play that dual role if you own a practice and you're also the doctor within your practice to have both sides of that core. Wow. And mm. so, a challenge that's been quite interesting is the... Grudge purchase, quote-unquote, challenge. Grudge mm-hmm. purchase. And a locum, a, a locum can be seen as a grudge purchase because sure. the doctor that's in his or her practice is self-reliant. You know, you're seeing your patients. You are then taking on the overheads and paying yourself a salary, running your practice, paying all your staff. Now... When you need to go away for a break, because you're about to burn out shin- and, and you should. Yeah, um, or when you need to go on that, you know, long weekend with your kids. These are the times that a locum is absolute necessity and no longer becomes a grudge purchase. Also, you doctors get sick. So in that instance, and coming back to what Soleil said around educating the market, we consider doctors to be business people, and especially the ones that own their own practices. And we're very empathetic to how they have to run their practice, especially right. in these times, these very tough times. And the one thing that Locum Base attests to and stands for is that we've seen that in the trend, in how uh, the questions that we get asked um, from our practices. And so in order to react to that and to be proactive about it, we launched and introduced a new feature called the Locum Wallet. Hmm. And it was all about keeping the practice in mind. And the Locum Wallet aims to give the practice a credit when on future bookings when they book a locum through locum base. And that helps to protect the margin and the bottom line of the practice. Um, so yes, the short answer, <laughs> that was the oh. long explanation. <laughs> our doctors are very involved in our product and our feature um, research and development. Um, even to the point where we're willing to introduce new features in our product because we see their pain points and we see what they're dealing with and to make their lives easier, that's the right thing for us to do.
2: The simpler, the better. It's it's all about simplifying a process that really doesn't have to be that complicated. Service providers make things complicated because they convince you you need them and you can't do things without them. Where The point of local base was so that you could do the thing and you don't have to Need anybody else to do the thing for you?
0: Focus on the patient care. At the end of the yeah, day, yes. you still want to look after patients. Everyone needs to be fed, but that's you want to look after patients. Yeah,
2: exactly. That's why you're doing what you're doing, right?
0: So to kind of close the circle, um, talking about locum base, what is the one? What are some of the reasons that the world needs this technology?
2: As mentioned earlier, the distribution of healthcare. Right. So at the fundamental level, is we want people to be healthy. And we need smart tools to help people be healthy. People need to work, mm-hmm. and people need to work fairly and earn fairly. With technology, if you don't have the people, technology is the only way to scale anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And once you have technology and you can better it, you know, cost of it also goes down. So in a very simple, simple way to say, why does the world need this technology? Because without it, we're not going to be able to take care of our people.
1: Yeah,
2: it's it, without it, we can't take care of our people. And not just our technology, but various various te- technologies in the space. But very few technological advances in the space pays attention to the actual medical worker and the establishment. Everybody focuses on the patient, and which is wonderful. Yes, please, please focus mm-hmm. on the patient. Patient-centered approach, we, or... we, we want a patient centred approach. We want a patient centred approach, but if we look at it from a practitioner-centred approach, that takes care of the patient-centred approach. Yeah. Again, we are for locums. We need this technology to empower and enable them to do their best work to be patient-focused.
0: Yeah. I mean, just to bring it to my own context, thinking as a new graduate doctor, still finding my feet in the public health sector, so not really… I mean, I'm not well-versed in locum work, that's why I'm literally asking questions for my own understanding of what locuming is. I see so many GPs that are running a thriving GP practice, but they're the only doctor there. Yeah. And the, the doctors are working extremely hard from 8 a.m. until 6 p.m., trying to treat all of the patients that want their attention.
2: Bernard is real. And, yeah. and
0: he's like, my man, if all you did was get a locum to assist you for a couple hours a day, you could double your efficiency. Absolutely. You know? I have a quick story. Yes.
2: So one of our clients, uh, Dr. Cameron Bruce, the very, very first time I met Dr. Cameron Bruce, and um, if he ever listened to it, please forgive me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The man was haggard and he looked (laughs) so tired. And I wondered if anybody's skin should be that kind of grayish color, (laughs) because he was overworking himself to such an extent that he's, you know, him as a doctor, His his health was suffering. Yeah. We started working with him, and we could really support his business and actually help him grow his business and his yeah. practice. Yeah. Where the next meeting we had in person, healthy, vibrant, looked much better. And he said to us, "You know, he couldn't, he couldn't take a break. He couldn't take a weekend away. He couldn't even just rest for a morning because he was con. It was constant. It was constant. Wow. I mean his his practice specialized in um, geriatric and payers care, so it's so, you know, going to people's houses and, and yeah. taking care of them." And, and long
0: consultations yes. because it to take yeah. long consideration.
2: Yeah. There are a lot of care when you work with, with those patients. And it's just so, it just feels so good when mm-hmm. you can see how you are literally and practically helping somebody live a better life mm-hmm. so that they can help other people live a better life. Yeah. <laughs>
0: no, I love so that. That's so fantastic. Yeah,
2: burnout, so Burnout is real. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that whole concept of you have to keep the, you have to keep the act sharp. It needs to be sharpened, by you have to rest. Yeah. And in all medical practices, if, if you can't do the thing, it's your business. So get a locum because your business can not keep running while you, you can take wow. the rest.
0: Wow. That's a great way that you are helping professionals and helping practices. Giovanna, what are some of the initiatives that Locum Base um, is doing in order to give back to the medical community, besides helping haggard uh, <laughs> <laughs> professionals? <laughs> But so it's a normal pink color.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry,
3: Dr. Prick. <laughs> um, it's out of love, I'm sure. It is. Yeah. One of the items that we've attached ourselves to is the Cancer Foundation of South Africa. And so we are on a mission as Locum Base to bring free breast cancer screenings, um, skin risk assessments and lifestyle risk assessments to every physical event that we attend. Bye. And... It's something that's close and dear to my heart. Um, my dad passed from multiple cancers. So Cancer South Africa is an organization, being able to provide that to our medical professionals, be it a nurse, a GP, a pharmacy professional, radiologist, an anesthesiologist, whatever mm-hmm. it might be, is take the 15 minutes. When you see us anywhere that we have said we are taking Cancer South Africa with us, take the 15 minutes and do your screening because detection is better than treatment yeah. and this is just one of the ways uh, I mentioned earlier about listening to our practices and understanding them as business people you know how we can give back to them in trying times that's the monetary side but for their physical health just as Suley's illustrated it with her example is that we know that the medical professionals are prescribing to their patients you know go get checked every six months you know make sure that you're doing your things
0: but are they doing it who's doing their thing you
3: know Um, Uh, are taking care of you (laughs) absolutely so that's one of our big drivers and we've brought that to two two of our major events calendar events where we we have actually sponsored completely free breast screenings life risk assessments and um, skin cancer screenings for our medical professionals and another great initiative of ours is in the nursing space <laughs> so uh it's, you know a very undernourished segment but a completely essential segment when it comes to patient care um and how then it goes from treatment to care you know we ha- often have these conversations about the the treatment doctors there and then there's a caring part and then this is where a nurse needs to be motivated enough to follow through because then it, it all depends on how, you know, the outcome of the patient in the caring process. And so empowering our nurses by partnering with some of the corporate banking facilities with um, how they can then access funds for, you know, be it a student sa- a program, a student savings program, for example, if they want to study further within nursing and upskill themselves. So that's just two of the initiatives um, for both of our biggest segments, which is general medical and nursing.
0: Sure. Uh, you've obviously partnered with a number of instances. When I look on your website, there's lots of partnerships and lots of relationships going on. So who are some of your trusted partners that you're working with?
2: We're all about partnerships. Yeah. We know that we, we can't solve big problems alone, so we don't want to. We, different, different partners are, are smart and clever with different things and we know that we can't tackle everything alone. Uh, we work with some of the banks yes. um to in order to you know offer specialized products that that can serve a certain um, demographic and 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 just give more value to nurses and doctors and oponss uh we also work with some mental health support services mm-hmm. that can where yeah. medical practitioners can speak to a therapist without having to see somebody face to face where they can do assessments to to check their own mental health and keep on top of that part because we've in our in our surveys and feedback mm-hmm. we really see that people want mental health support and they yeah. they can't actually afford it. So we need sure. to find clever ways to to so that they can access it. Um, so partnering with with Psyched for instance, you know we 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 have a good relationship with them. Um, we, what other partners? Yeah, need so to there's
3: also a big shout out to Sama, so the oh, South yes. African Medical Association um, that have been going strong for over 100 years and keeping uh, the profession kind of intact. Um, and they are interesting partners to have because, you know, there we see our trends mm-hmm. and how there's a lot of retiring doctors in, sure. their, in, in the way their membership works. They've got different tiers. And the retiring doctors is the thing we absolutely have to be concerned about because that's right. where we need to upskill the younger doctors, the junior mm-hmm. doctors, and get them on the page um, with how they can then succeed and these succession mm-hmm. plans. Um, you know, we can see it with
2: nursing as well that youngsters aren't getting into it. So so how how do we encourage younger doctors to make themselves available to to step into the shoes of all the doctors who's retiring. Yeah. You no, know, don't Absolutely. don't leave the country, please. Yeah. There's definite opportunity here. Yeah? Yeah. Because that's what we see. We see the young doctors going away, brain drain. You know, yeah. everybody loves and hates using that term, but it's true. Yeah. So we have certain partners that we work with so that we can like with Sama get the knowledge and the and the data from what is happening in practically in the space with the professions. But also how do we make the, profi- the medical professions ex- extra attractive so that we don't lose people?
0: Sure. So uh, you're mentioning young doctors. So let's say somebody is they've now finished their internship, mm-hmm. so they're no longer an intern. They're working as a community service doctor. They have an MP number, mm-hmm. you know, which is basically you're a, an individual private practitioner. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing your community service, are you allowed to locum? And, and if so, like, how does it work?
2: So you can register on LocumBase. As soon as you've got your registration number, you can register on LocumBase. Mm. There are opportunities for you while you're doing your community service to add extra to it by helping out at a practice. Okay. Um, so that opportunity is there. And we encourage, we encourage young doctors who's still busy with their community service, get on LocumBase, look at the opportunities. Yeah. It can help you plan your next six months, your next yeah. year. The system is built in such a way to support your work. Use it. Use it already. Get to know it. Build your profile. Build yeah. your showcase.
0: And when you say build your profile, you know, mm-hmm. the world is moving so fast that it's, it's more important now than ever to, you can't just have a LinkedIn profile. You, yeah. know? you need to get onto, be an early adopter, get onto the trends before the, the curve starts to dip off, you know?
3: Absolutely. And I think with the medical professionals, We're not asking you to be marketing people. We're not asking you to sell yourself. (laughs) That's our job to showcase your profile. All you need to do is be diligent about your updating it, making sure that it's got all the information possible that a practice could possibly want. We work very hard to keep our features and our product updated, so we give you the the nitty gritties to put in.
2: I mean if you if you create your profile, when you when you go to locobase and you sign up as a locum, you fill in a profile, it it will take you, I mean, depending on how fast you type, but probably <laughs> about five minutes. Yeah. if yeah. yeah. that. Yeah. And you know, you need to have your profile photo ready, then it'll yeah. take you five minutes. Yes. yes. Uh, and, yeah. a,
0: and your profile photo is not the same kind of profile photo that you'd use on like Tinder or Facebook. No, it's no, <laughs>
2: The, a up, a, a nice head and shoulders. <laughs> one. Nice yes. head and shoulders works perfectly. you yeah. laugh, but we've seen some interesting things. <laughs> <people>. oh, <really? laughs> <laughs> we have really yeah. seen some interesting things. Luckily, we check these things. We we moderate before we go out. Uh, for a practice, it's even quicker. A practice can sign up the, on on Lokanbase.com sure. under a minute if you are Really, really focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, the your profile is is the place that your that that your activity happens from. Yeah. Where you set your availability. Uh, where you talk about your experience and, and your qualifications. Where do you, you list to...
0: your interests as well? So people can say, oh, yes, I am a general practitioner, but I have an interest in aesthetics or I. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we've got space where you can do a little write up about yourself mm-hmm. okay. um, and then specifics of what, what software you know, what tools you've done, what extra courses or sort of certifications you have. Brilliant. So that when a practice looks at your locum profile, they, in one snapshot, know everything about you that they need to know to say yes or no, from languages that you can speak to where you studied, um, also, of course, your, your pretty pictures so that they know what you look like already, so that some stranger doesn't walk in the door from when your booking is there. Yeah. Uh, but
3: I would say the most powerful part of your profile is setting your availability. Absolutely, because that's the, the driving force to get a practice to book you. So if your availability is set and your unavailability hand in hand, A practice then knows how to send you an offer. And so how it would work is they would put in some search logic. So Mm. their location, their budget, Mm -hmm. um, their languages. And then our software does a little bit of crunch in the background. Magic. Magic. (laughs) And (laughs) it puts out a profile that is attached to the search.
0: So is there any way that you can improve your algorithm appeal?
2: You can search for a locum by name as well, so if you as Simon worked at a practice with Dr. Smith on the corner over there and she liked you very much, then she can go on Locum Base and search you by your first name and you will come up and she can book you again and again. We know that relationships are formed and we know that when the same locum is used by a practice, it does also you know, provide a comfort with patients. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Something that we have found very important is languages, right? So, yeah. for you as a doctor to, to state what languages you can speak is such a, you think it's a minute detail, but it's so important, especially in our country, yeah. and that, that hmm. patients can communicate with their doctor in their language. Because there's ways of explaining things that you just can't always in another language. It's an
0: important differentiator, you know, if you see two junior doctors with similar kind of qualifications, Mm -hmm. similar kind of experience, but one person can speak five languages, the other person can speak one, Mm -hmm. say, well, there's Mm -hmm. somebody who might be a bit more versatile in my practice. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, uh, Sorry to come to kind of nuts and bolts, but is there a standard fee that locums get paid? I mean, interns and community services get standardized Mm -hmm. money and different specialities earn different money. But do locums, is there a set going rate or how does it work? Does the practice say we want to offer this much money and then the doctor says I'm happy to accept that or how does
2: it work? So we've got two ways of doing this, really. So when a locum signs up, we give them the freedom to put in their own rate. Okay. With that, with that said, we do give them a
0: window. So you say that, by the way, this is the ballpark. This is the where do you want to position yourself yeah. on the spectrum?
2: Yeah, because it depends on your location. It depends on your experience. So it's, we tell it's between X and Y. Mm. But we give you that freedom to determine your own value because that, that gives you the control.
0: But that's also helpful because I wouldn't know where to start mm-hmm. and I might set myself too low, And mm-hmm. then I get taken advantage of, I wonder why I'm getting books three times every day. Yeah. <laughs> We have done
2: that. We, we've contacted people and said, no, you need to put the dire, because that also doesn't the market, which is not wise. Yes. And also you need to earn a fair wage. On the other side, we allow practices to put in their budget. Mm-hmm. So if they know, you know, they've, they've their budget is 350 to 400 grand, they can put that in there so that those locals who fit with that little piece of criteria would also be first to come Very up. Good. So. In two ways, we give you as the practice control and you as the local control when it comes to money, because at the end of the day, that's the thing that most conflict happens over. Sure. It's a, you know, I've heard so many stories of locum booking that's been confirmed in a gray way, Mm -hmm. so via WhatsApp or a phone call, Mm -hmm. and a price is agreed on. But then when the locum sends their invoice, the practice is like, no, 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 we said, whatever, 50, 50 rand less. And now there's no, you as a local, you have no foot to stand, right? absolutely. Yeah. You have absolutely no foot to stand and you just kind of have to take what you can get, which is not sure. fair and it's not right. Mm. So, so it's good
0: to have an intermediary who represents both parties, mm-hmm. like local base, that, that can then say, hang on guys, this is the agreed rate, here's the here's the agreement beforehand.
2: It's all on record. This yes. is the thing, it's all on record. You can always go back to see what was the confirmed rates. I mean, also for practices, when they book the same
3: locum in the future, they can also see uh, see what have you increased the price of that be not? You know, absolutely. I think another pioneering part of our offering is we provide guidelines against our current mm. database. So we've got over ten thousand medical professionals yes. across different segments. We pull that data biannually and we look at the rates across every profession and then provide that as a online PDF on our website. So. New doctors, young doctors, that junior doctors that are looking to sign up can go and very quickly see, based on peer information, mm-hmm. what the industry is regulating itself at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's hugely important because otherwise we've got a disparity between studying for X many years, doing specializations, and then getting to the practice and burning whatever it is, minus 25% because you've got to pay the tax man. And that's really where the the bigger issue around medical professionals leaving South Africa comes in. Is that are you actually getting paid your worth? And what are your peers getting paid? How do we actually regulate that in a transparent and honorable space? Because the medical profession is honourable first and
2: foremost.
0: Yeah, oh, that's fantastic.
2: Transparency isn't? is the thing. You know, transparency when it comes to money is really, really important. And that's that's one of our key differentiators. Because the information is there for a practice to know that they're paying this much for this person per hour, and then we put a facilitation charge of 10 to 15 per cent on top, depending on what package you're on, and this is something that we found that recruiters and placement agencies start do. They give you one amount of money, this is what you need to pay us, without differentiating between what actually goes into the locum's pocket and what is administration, and that Brings a discrepancy, an expectation di- discrepancy, because me as the practice owner, I believe that I'm paying five hundred rand an hour for you, but you as the locum, you're getting four hundred, you're getting three fifty yeah. an hour. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so, so that there's that an expectation discrepancy, but nobody talks about it because there's a different intermediary that's not transparent with the information, and these two don't talk to each other about yeah. money because the middle middleman's supposed to handle it, and that that causes. I mean, I know it kind of, it's not data heavy, but it causes unhappiness and it, it causes the the confusion as to why is this doctor not performing at a 500 round an hour level. So that transparency and being very open with charges, what does the locum get at the end of the day, is very, very important to us. Absolutely.
0: I think that is exactly what I wanted to get out of this interview, is to get a little bit more understanding of what locuming is, but also so much of the, the nitty gritties and how you have developed this this tool and and built a business around helping solve some of the problems that locums and practices have experienced in the past. So coming towards the end of this episode now and the end of this interview, if I was to ask you what one lesson you would like to pass on to junior doctors, maybe some insights. I mean, you mentioned a pool of 10,000 professionals that you've been working with and practices what is something that you'd love to leave as a kind of lasting statement to the junior doctors listening to this?
2: You can take charge of your career from early on and use the tools out there that's, that's available to you. I mean, you're young, but you know stuff and you've got tools where local base being one of them.
0: Awesome.
3: From my side is don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. So what we provide is that safe, safe brave space you to go and showcase yourself as a young doctor, as a junior doctor, as a newly qualified medical professional. And absolutely what what latest is put yourself out there, be brave and make use of the
0: tools you have. And from my side, I want to just thank you so much for sharing a little bit about the Locum base journey and also just encouraging our doctors to step into this new technology that is there to help improve our patients, improve our, our practice. And improve our young budding career as junior doctors and medical students. So, thank you so much today, and thank you, Giovanna, for giving of your time to share with our audience today all about locum Base. It's a
2: pleasure. Thank you. That was fun talking
1: to you. Hi there, Dr. Knox and Pombakeli here. Today, I will be reviewing one of my first reads of 2023 a book I was inspired to read after tuning into a Dr. Coffee podcast about forensic pathology. And yes, you've guessed it. I will be reviewing Autopsy, Life in the Trenches with a Forensic Pathologist in Africa by Prof. Ryan Blumenthal. As a person and medical professional who has an intense interest in forensic pathology, I found that from being a student to junior doctor, there's very little to no exposure to the medical field of forensic pathology. After listening to Dr. Coffee Forensic Pathology episode I took it upon myself to learn about this very needed and in-demand medical niche. I started by volunteering my time to the in-hospital mortuary and reading this incredibly insightful book. For me this book was an incredible fly on the wall moment. Prof Blumenthal touches on the medical and legal gravity of forensic pathology, but also the humanity of the profession. This book is an easy-to-read-and-follow piece, navigating the complexities of a profession that ultimately deals with death, and realizing that death in itself has so many facets to it, whether it be the actual physical happening of death, what happens to your body after death, and how does one figure out how one has succumbed to death. While some stories and scenarios, to be honest, are quite hard to swallow, they give a well-needed reminder that death is a natural part of the human experience and that no one is exempt. Prof's passions and beliefs are well-highlighted throughout the book, like his love for justice for victims. One of my favorite quotes in the book is, Good men stop evil men. And Prof's fascination and expertise in lightning and environmental deaths are also well-highlighted with, I quote, I did my doctorate in lightning-related injury mechanisms. Overall, this book is not only for medical doctors, but for any person who wants to walk in the shoes of a forensic pathologist in Africa, or rather should I say who's brave enough to walk in the shoes of a forensic pathologist in Africa, who ultimately seeks to impart knowledge and understanding about a somewhat neglected niche of medicine, one reader at a time. I highly recommend it to any medical practitioner who has a scanty to very real interest in forensic pathology. This book is for you. Or if you're someone who's not really closely related to medicine, that ultimately you want a book that's raw, that's real, that's transparent and insightful, this book is for you too. I'd also highly recommend that you take a picture once you purchase the book and tag Prof. Ryan Blumenthal on your post. I'm sure he'll be delighted to see the support. So this is my book review by Dr. Nox and Pumbugeli. Until next time.
0: Well, that's it for this week's episode of the Dr. Coffee podcast. If you have feedback on this episode, there are a variety of ways you can add your comments. The podcast's email address is drcoffeeza at gmail.com. That's D R coffee z a with no punctuation marks we're also on instagram facebook and TikTok with the username at dr ZA. there's the comment section on our social media pages as well as adding your feedback or a review on spotify apple podcasts and google if you enjoyed this episode you may want to check out our other episodes thank you for listening and have a great week